Early last week, I think it was early on Tuesday, CBC anchorman Ian Hanamansing tweeted about an encounter that he'd had on Monday evening after the tragedy on Young Street. He described the, the guy who came up to me in the CBC lobby to complain that we refused to say terrorism in our breaking news coverage. And we didn't say that Trudeau immigration was the cause of it. The odious rebel media, Canada's would-be Breitbart, had one of its correspondents, Kate Harrington, walking around, Monday afternoon, walking around at Young Dundas Square. Cringing, colonist Emma Title says, cringing at its ethnic diversity, trying to find someone, quote, that looks like they actually come from Canada, because everybody here looks like they come from Africa, end quote. And a little later, she tweeted that our Prime Minister was complicit in the attack, and she called Justin Trudeau a terrorist shill. Now, Kate Harrington has 900,000 followers. That's about double the numbers that the CBC's The National draws on an average night. It didn't take long. The rumor mongers, the conspiracy theorists, the hard and soft right have been spreading their uninformed conclusions, speculations, extrapolations since Monday afternoon all around the world. If terrorism, if terrorism is an act or acts of force driven by ideology, or by those who would exploit the beliefs of people in order to make others afraid. If the aim of terrorism is to force reactions that lead to more violence, confirming the ideology, or increasing the power of someone, then the most insidious form of terrorism is the use of words. The power of today's media to incite hatred, divide communities, day by day with a flood of carefully chosen language and images to make us afraid and therefore vulnerable to further manipulation. All too often cloaked in the vocabulary of the Constitution, of human rights, of freedom of speech, and all too often freedom of religion. Was Alec Manassian a terrorist? No. Was he influenced, driven by terrorism? Yes. Now, white male rage is not militant. Islam, though we know that rage can drive young white males toward radical Islam and other ideologies of hatred, while white male rage drives acts of terrorism. 
Alec Manassian, we know, was influenced by a white terrorist, Elliot Roger, who shot and killed six people in 2014 before taking his own life. And on video, Roger rages against the women who rejected his advances and the men those women would date, calling them Stacy's and Chad's. And so Roger, Elliot Roger, gave rise to a movement, angry young men calling themselves incels, involuntary celibates. And before the attack, Alec Manassian posted on Facebook, the incel rebellion has already begun. We will overthrow all the Chads and Stacys. All hail Supreme Gentleman Elliot Roger. Most of the people Alec Manassian mowed down on Monday were women. The hard right blames immigration within minutes of the event. Breitbart spread the comment of one eyewitness, probably the first comment broadcast, who said the driver was angry and Arab-looking. And they still insist he's a Muslim, he must be. And the incels and other white male supremacists, like the so-called Proud Boys, who sadly have infiltrated Canada's armed forces, they hail Alec Manassian as a hero. I'm sure they would have preferred a martyr. Terrorism, it's, it's very rarely what we think it is. It isn't always what we might call terrorism. We should not be too quick to use the word, but we shouldn't be afraid to name it when we hear it or read it. Now this Easter season, we're following the Apostle Paul and the early church out into the Roman Empire, further and further away from its birthplace in Jerusalem. The church is being transformed from a radical Jewish sect limited to Palestine to a new religion with a message. And it's the same message for all people, all kinds of people, one God in a world filled with gods. In today's story from Acts, Paul is invited to speak at Philosopher's Corner in Athens, but the Areopagus is more than a street corner with a box to stand on. It's more like a stadium for intellectual gymnastics, where anyone with anything to say, especially something new, is welcome to get up and speak. And it seems Paul attracts quite a crowd. And he begins his speech, despite his anger as a good Jew at what he sees as idolatry all around him, he begins right where his audience lives in the philosophical and religious free-for-all of Athens. He doesn't quote the Hebrew scriptures. In fact, he quotes two of their poets, poets they would know well. He talks about one God who made all things, one ancestor. I, I know he should have said two, but one source of all people, all nations. And he said, this one God is the source of all our lives, and we are all one God's offspring. He talks about a common fate, a destination for all humanity. And yes, then he speaks of the resurrection of Jesus, and that's where his audience gets stuck. Some say this was Paul's only failure. He only made two converts in Athens. 
but that doesn't take away from his message. We might conclude from his letters that really he's concerned about unity in the church, but read more closely and you'll see that his vision embraces the whole world. We are one in Christ within the church, but we cannot be one with Christ and not be one with the whole world. The one world, the one God made and loves, the one world for which Christ was born, lived, and died, and rose. And so we cannot accept hatred, separation, division as the way of the world. We know in God's eyes there is one race, the human race. And we will not give in to any terrorists. It may be necessary to fight those who make war, but only truth and love can fight against the terrorism of words and images and the manipulation of media and of vulnerable people. We do this by calling lies lies, by naming falsehood, and doing all of that with the same volume and conviction that the purveyors of untruths are so good at using. We may never know just why Alec Manassian begged Constable Lamb to shoot him. Was it desperation, remorse? Did he want what some call suicide by police? That's, that, was that his motive? Or did he want to be a martyr to a cause? All we know for sure is Constable Lamb didn't grant his death wish. When it's possible not to respond to violence with violence, terrorists and the people they manipulate into action fail. Hate does not defeat hate. Only love can do that. Terror is surrender. These words are so true. Star columnist Edward Keenan wrote this reflection on Constable Ken Lamb's actions, but I think these words apply to the way we respond to events like the events of Monday afternoon. Courage is not about the absence of fear or anger or extreme emotion. The definition of courage is when experiencing those emotions, refusing to let them govern your behavior, staying true to yourself and your values, doing what you know is right and necessary, despite the heightened emotion. In today's star, there are 26 profiles of people who helped on Monday afternoon. Some of them may be Christians, some of them not. We don't know. But all of them, in one way or another, found courage and imagination that allowed some of them to step out in and stop traffic to help those who were suffering. That's what we are called to do. 
And anyone who would use any words, any images, any ideology to tell us not to do that because those who need our help are different from us, we cannot allow to win. Amen.